0: Hello friends, what is going on on this beautiful Wednesday, if you happen to be listening to it on a Wednesday, could be any other day of the week too.
1: could be Saturday and you're listening on the radio.
0: That's true too. Yeah. Could be the year 2047.
1: Oh, I hope so. Whoa,
0: wouldn't that be cool?
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. drop us a line if you're listening from 2047.
0: If it's the year 2047 and you're having a little listen to this. Maybe well, we're
1: in a mind hive by then. It may, would be telepathic.
0: Maybe we'll be on Mars. Maybe we'll be us and George, our cat. will be uh, symbiotically together. Like We'll be part cat, part human.
1: Mm, here's hoping.
0: Yeah.
1: George has a good life.
0: But this this week's episode, <laughs> coming at you from 2047, <laughs> we have Kristen Martel on the show. She is a musician, singer, songwriter, just put out a brand new album just uh, less than a month ago. And we had her on the show. She's a great lady, originally from New Brunswick, lives in the South Shore of Nova Scotia now. We caught her set at Nova Scotia Music Week in Sydney as well.
1: Yeah, I was really happy we get to see her there. And aside from being just so talented and captivating the room, she was just a very sweet person. Um, I've had some hearing issues. Many of you might know listening and find being in those big crowds kind of uncomfortable. And Kristen checked in on me all weekend. She'd send me DMs or if we ran into her, she'd always just make sure I was feeling comfortable. So that was just very sweet of her
0: yeah that's that's shows what her character is right there Yeah,
1: and i think that shows in her music and certainly in our interview you'll get to know her
0: definitely well let's dive right in right now episode number 35 i think
1: i think 35 here we go sure seems to be pretty supportive of the music scene. I remember we, us going right before the lockdown happened, actually. We were at uh, Ferkinstein. Is Frankenstein, that right? Yeah. yeah. And the town heroes had a rock show there. And before we went, we were kind of warned by some of our local friends. Like, it gets kind of rowdy in here, <laughs> which can mean lots of things. And it got really rowdy. Like, people on tables. And, oh, really? Like, it was so loud. <laughs> it was such a blast, though.
0: That was a really so fun show. And then... A week later or so, the pandemic came on. Mm, Yeah.
1: Um, How was that time for you? Did you, because (laughs) I find, especially with artists, that lockdown was for some a bit of a blessing. Like we get to slow down a little bit and be Mm -hmm. with family and they felt like they were really creative. And for others, especially Mm -hmm. as performers who get some fuel from entertaining, it was really tough. Yeah. Stretch. I
2: well, yeah. Well, I I found it really tough. I mean, I really only jumped into the music industry late 2019. Um, so you know, when the pandemic hit, I had a couple singles out. Um, I was just ramping up, and my album was done, and it was in the hopper. And it was ready to be released April 2020, and the pandemic hit, and so it was really, really difficult time um, because. I mean, we didn't know what was going on, and I was questioning everything, questioning whether I should bother releasing it, should I wait? whatever. I had all these shows lined up, all cancelled, and um, I have young kids. they're now nine and and seven, at the time, they were goodness in kindergarten, and so they were home full time, so my life changed big time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have the same space um, and you know it was it was a very chaotic time, especially those early early days. Yeah. So in terms of creative, I I had less time to work on my art and just kind of, I still did it, but I worked later nights when everyone was asleep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that's kind of how I managed. And
0: I think the biggest thing for artisans during the pandemic was Maintaining an active profile and trying mm-hmm. to keep yourself out there, and you have a really good social media presence where you're <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> posting a lot and great content. So, yeah, for artists who do that, it it's it it gives. Well, I'll guess I'll say it gives the illusion, <laughs> like because you illusion. can yes. you <laughs> can be. Like I, there's periods where we didn't really have much happening, but you're just posting online, and people think, "Oh, the boys are busy." Like, yeah. we're, but we're working on other things or whatever it may yeah. be. But if you're able to continue to post and show that you are active online, then mm-hmm. you can you can make it seem uh, that you are active. Mm-hmm. And not and again, I did, didn't know what what you were experiencing during the pandemic, but from what I saw, you were. When well, I stayed active and busy. And-
2: yeah, because I was I was trying to promote this. I was trying to again enter the music scene. Yeah. <laughs> later in life, and um, the al- this album was coming. So I had done these weekly um, weekly online shows. I don't know if you caught any of them. I called them Tiny House Tuesdays. Cause at the at the time, we had we had a tiny house in the backyard, and after the kids were in bed, ten o'clock, we my husband and I would do a show. <laughs> That's <laughs> fun. A tiny house. <laughs> And um, that was great. Got to meet a lot of folks that way. Um, And, uh, you know, then I I, later that year did the Folk Alliance online, um, which was awesome. I met people from all over the world, but I kind of got burnt out of the online shows. I don't know if you did many, but I I petered off after a while because it was just it was just a lot to be on all the time. You know, the illusion, like you say, of social media uh it's yeah well i think real. social media
0: <laughs> is an illusion in general like most <laughs> profiles you see are not what a person's life is really like
2: yeah you get to choose what you show
0: the yeah world. it's it's a curated small sample size of each person's life and some people are really good at creating that image and mm-hmm. and that, that that can be great for for people trying to get their name out there and in creative ways. But like you said, it, it when during the pandemic, when everyone started doing yeah. online shows, everyone was trying to stay, stay alive yeah. to st- keep, keep in front of their audience's eyes. It It was very tiresome.
1: Yeah. And you're not getting that reciprocation from an audience no. either, which no. in both of your worlds is huge. That's, that's really part of what you're creating is that atmosphere. Yeah. I used to stand in the hallway and kind of clap as much as I could (laughs) if Mike was doing an (laughs) online song. Like, I'm just one person, but didn't want him to feel so alone. That's how we first met, isn't it? We met
2: when doing the Brigadoon fundraiser. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was uh, with the, Jan and Chris. Who I just yeah. listened to that podcast on the oh, way yeah. here from Maze for Adventure. Small world. Yeah, I had uh, never heard your music since then. I remember being blown away by your vocals on that online
0: show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, well, that's well, that's one great thing that came out of the pandemic was getting yeah. to, to meet each other here. But yeah, it honestly, and I've said this on other episodes before, but for us, uh, my band, The Town Heroes, we we gained a lot of fans during the pandemic just from we did bi-weekly shows and uh, the bingo that we hosted. The bingo,
2: that was genius.
0: And yeah, that, that awesome. uh, we, had, we had over a thousand people playing some nights, which was crazy. Amazing. Like, yeah, and some all of, all of those people world. have
1: since become very close friends, not awesome. with Mike and Bruce necessarily, although that happened too, of course, but... Yeah, we have an example of a friend that she lives in Saskatchewan and made virtual friends with someone in Nova Scotia, and like she picked her up at the airport when she came to visit
0: Uh family
1: here, and they toured around and yeah, visited other bingo players while she was
2: visiting. So yeah, it's just it's just another way to connect. You know, it's it's pretty amazing that we can.
0: They're the the very positive sides of social media. Now there are lots of negative ones, but. In, I think it was originally created for, was to just create those connections and then yeah. maybe you meet up in real life. And yeah. it does have those capabilities. Yeah. It also has the potential to suck your soul into it and <laughs> no. become a mindless being. But,
1: yeah, you got to be careful for sure. But so I, you said you entered the music industry later in life. Yeah. What, tell us that story. <laughs>
2: Um, yeah, well, I grew up in a musical family. My my grandfather primarily was my biggest influence. I mean, I remember just singing, dancing. I, you know, wrote songs. I remember when I was like five, you know, silly things. Like, it's just kind of always been there. Um, did the piano lessons, did the high school band, did the, I did, played fiddle for a bit. But I only really landed on acoustic in my 20s when I was in college. And picked it up kind of quickly. And, um... When I moved to the South Shore of Nova Scotia, there's just, as you said, there's a lot of music there, and, and um, I just got really inspired by the songwriters and, and just really wanted to try it, and I discovered I enjoyed songwriting. I was going through a rough patch then and, and just was writing, 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 and started tour- like doing the songwriter circle, um, the songwriter circuit in the South Shore, and, and wanted to record... But never did. I mean, this would have been the mid-2000s, right? Um, I'm dating myself here. Yeah, <laughs>
1: You're in good company. we're, I
2: go- think we're all around the same some vintage. Some good times back then. Vintage, I like yeah. that. Um, so, but I kind of got, you know, I just sabotaged myself, really, in the end. I was, I was, I moved down to the South Shore for, for work, for my career, and I just kind of dug into that and went back to school and just got busy with life and you know later got married and had kids and you know it was just it was probably 10 years that went by and I didn't pick up my guitar barely written a song really critical you know that kills the creative process of course and uh, so that's kind of what happened for a long time and I always kind of felt something was missing in 2018 I was going through some big life changes again lots of Lots of different things. I had a cancer scare. My uncle was tragically murdered. My uh, relationship was falling apart. My family boundary toxicity issues were big at the forefront. Like just everything seemed to be falling apart. And I kind of remember waking up one day. I was using writing really as therapy, you know, to get through and um, just to make sense of things. And I remember the day waking up. And I, it was like an epiphany. I'm like, if I'm on my deathbed tomorrow and I have not shared my music with the world, I will be so, so sad. Like, what the hell am I doing? Like, so I, I remember it was April uh, 2019, and um, I decided that in there I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to record an album and I'm going to get out in the world. And I remember making some calls and finding a studio and then trying to get a band together. And that November... <laughs> I released my first single yeah. That's September I was in studio incredible like it happened when I look at it now mm-hmm. like at the time I was like "God, oh, this is going so slow it's not happening fast enough but now I know what goes into it like that was really quick like yeah I'm getting in there and, and I'm doing it so, so
1: wow The the specifics of your story may not be the same for everyone but I think many of us can relate and maybe at this vintage age <laughs> You start to, yeah, question your values and what brings you joy and, mm-hmm. but it takes a lot of courage to yeah, so take much. that step, especially in the arts. So were you mm-hmm. coming from a more corporate or structured world before that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah your story resume, resonates a bit with me because I worked for government. I was in the public service for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was an enforcement officer with the Department of Environment actually for mm-hmm. years. And then I was in management for a bit and then I, uh, I moved to a private corporation in their environmental division, so yeah, pretty, I was moving, you know, I was doing well in my career, and um, doing well, um, but when I had kids, things changed, really. I found it very hard to do both well, Um, so I was fortunate enough, really, when I had my second child, um, I was commuting to Halifax at the time, so it's like an hour drive, and just having to travel a lot, and I just, I couldn't do it, and we were fortunate enough that I decided to step back, and so for um, a few years, I was home, you know, home full-time with the kids, and so thankful I had that opportunity, because they're such cool kids, and, you know, having that, I don't know, I'm just so fortunate I had that opportunity to be there for them in those early years, but uh, as they got older, I knew I wanted to do something else, and then I kind of, Music kept coming up, as I said earlier.
0: You had said that you used music and writing as kind of a therapy. Has, has it always been like that?
2: Yeah, yeah. I yeah.
0: feel that most <laughs> most artists, whether they know it or not, are creating from a therapeutic lens. <laughs> do you think as a painter you do that, Kristen?
1: I think sometimes... Kristen Harrington. I yeah. Guess. Oh, yeah, there's two That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah, you were looking at me, so I had that benefit. But for the listeners, yes, there's two. There's two Kristen squared the today. Yeah. <laughs> I don't meet many Kristens actually. It's Nor not, do I. Not but it doesn't feel like, you know, we're not named like, I don't know, Alfalfa or something <laughs> either. It's not super okay. out there, but yeah. I, yes, I think... I think that any kind of creativity is therapeutic and that there's something coming out of you. But I would also say that my intention is not always for it to be therapeutic. And Mm. we're just faced with those, uh, you know, much like any other job. We still have deadlines or Mm -hmm. maybe a custom order or something. And it feels a little bit, the, the process, I suppose, is a little bit different depending on what the outcome is for. Uh, So if you're creating an album, I imagine Mm -hmm. it's different than if you're playing a a corporate gig, for example. Mm -hmm. Like your state of mind might be a little bit different, but I would still 10 out of 10 rather Mm -hmm. be in any of those circumstances than doing something that I wasn't enjoying. That Mm -hmm. I spent like your that's not to say you didn't enjoy your work beforehand, but um, and I always felt grateful for to have that background and. Mm -hmm think about the timing just being right to step into a more creative life like I wouldn't have been ready maybe to do this full-time 10 years ago and yeah having kids like maybe that wouldn't have worked either and so do you feel like there was some kind of cosmic timing into (laughs) your departure from one life into the next uh I don't I don't know I
2: don't know I guess the timing it's just is ready. ready. It's just ready, yeah. Um, certainly, I, you know, I look back at my earlier work, which is a bit cringy. <laughs> so maybe it's best that I only came out now. I don't know. Um, but
1: yeah, the timing just felt right. I <laughs> noticed in some of your music videos that they draw upon the natural elements. So yes. um, is that something that inspires your work? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I
2: I enjoy spending a lot of time outside. It's uh again, I just feel a lot grounded. I feel more at home when I'm and when I'm outside doing whatever. It doesn't doesn't have to be anything grandiose, just digging in the dirt in the garden. Um but yeah, I find I'm just a lot more at peace outside and I gain more clarity when I'm just out. So, I often draw upon inspiration that I that I see outside.
0: Mm. With your new album, what What did you draw upon with the songs and that?
2: yeah, I'm leaning heavy into the autumn vibe with this album um, and the the whole album really leans into change and celebrating change and how you know hardships can bring those new perspectives and and um just new beginnings, and that it's not always a bad thing. It's just kind of a reminder when we're in the midst of it can feel quite chaotic and upsetting and. And hopeless, but, you know, nothing stays the same very long. And I'm just just celebrating that. Yeah.
1: Did it take some time? You talked about some challenging parts of your life Mm -hmm. and then transitioning into this type of expression. Yeah. Do you think it's important for people to go through those hardships to really find themselves? Yeah,
2: I think so. And I think... When you're going through those hard, like you kind of have a choice to dig deep and go through it or just kind of float through it and not, and numb and, and just not really experience it fully. But like diving in and, and really feeling all of those emotions. And, and I think it's an important part of the process. Um, and yeah, we come out, we come out the other side definitely changed. And I always try to come out the other side better.
0: <laughs> yeah. to, that's Both the
1: goal. hopefully that's
2: the goal and that's why like annoyingly sometimes i can i try i try to find the silver lining in all these things uh which which to a fault maybe sometimes but um there's always there's always something in there that you can latch on to like life is just hard um you got to try and focus on those positives i don't always do a good job but i try and remind myself mm. you know <laughs>
0: I don't think any artist that people would appreciate has gone through life without experiencing hardships.
2: Yeah, it's just normal to like, life. <laughs>
0: we, artists have to be able to create things that cater to the human experience. Exactly. And everyone is going through hard times at some mm-hmm. point in their life. And hopefully everyone, you know, finding joy in in the moments <laughs> of their days and that. But... Yeah, if you if you don't go through anything hard in life, there's no way you can create something that the average person can relate to. Yeah,
1: you're not living.
2: if the, Yeah, everyone's going through something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of conversation about finding the silver lining, which of course is a good practice to have, but I think it's important not to get too stuck in this... <sighs> pursuit of euphoria all the time. No. Like that's not realistic and if that's what you're hoping to have, like there's going to be a lot of seemingly letdowns along the way.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's upon reflection, especially as creative people, because that's part of our work is that reflection or looking back or drawing inspiration yeah. you you come to appreciate and accept the ups and downs and mm. and use them as tools. Yeah. Um whereas i i yeah i liked how you said like some kind of glaze over it or become numb and it's a missed opportunity mm. and i i do that don't get me wrong yeah. like i've done that <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> sometimes i still catch myself I'm like oh god um but you're right it is a missed opportunity for for growth or for experiencing whatever it is
1: yeah yeah what was your uh, what was your family like in terms of creativity? You mentioned your grandfather were was your family or or maybe even your family now are they supportive of lifting you up <laughs> as uh, as an artist? It's interesting. Um so my immediate
2: family is not musical. Like my father, my mom, my sisters, they're not. It's 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 like it skipped a generation or something. Mm-hmm. Like my uncles on my dad's side and and my um, my grandfather and my second cousins like it's it's interesting so um music was always sort of like a pastime it wasn't work so I you know never ever considered doing music as a career I I did all you know growing up I did all the right things I went to college and I got a you know, a government job at 20, I bought a house at 22, I got married, I had to get, like, I did all the things. Yeah. Um. So when I kind of jumped into music, it was um, a shock. I think for a lot of people, including my husband, I remember the day I, I told him, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I had it all laid out. And he like, goes, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, no one really knew. Um, and my folks, though, I have to say, they've, they've been pretty supportive. I think they were shocked at first. But once they saw what I was doing, once they saw I was serious, and once people started to see, like, my product, it's like, oh, okay, she's serious. Yeah. Uh, then, then for sure they're supportive. But, you know, it is a hard line of work. Um, in a way, I don't think I would have been able to do it earlier in life. I probably would have given up. Like, it's a tough it's a tough industry to to make a financial There's, living uh, out of like
0: a there, if you start off as a early a young person in their early twenties or so trying to make it a career it's there are a lot of sacrifices you yeah. have to make for sure yeah, and I left school after my second year of university i finished finished up school. Then, my summer job that year, like the past few summers was playing music.
2: Yes, and you quit. In and your, yeah, we, what, yeah, we had
0: a really good summer, and we decided we're gonna we're gonna go for it. Wow. And so five of us moved into a house together. Yeah. and none of us worked. another job. We just played music.
2: How, how did that work? <laughs>
0: well. <laughs>
2: what did you eat? We'll, <laughs>
0: we'll, die, we'll die 20 years earlier because of it, but it was a lot oh of fun. Uh, did I
2: read somewhere, mustard and pizza crust or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I remember one time we had no food and yeah, we just uh, took the crumbs out of our toaster Put them in with uh, mustard relish and ketchup that we had taken from McDonald's or somewhere, and just mix it together and ate that.
1: Are you serious? Like, this serious?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. We go. We went uh, days. She's like, time. maybe it's
1: not that bad. Actually, That's where I'm
0: at. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I honestly have like a big, I don't know, soft spot for. Well, I think everyone does, but for people who are hungry in the world. Like, yeah. cause we went, thing. we went days at times without eating and we, we, any of us, like we all had supportive parents and we go to call and said, mom, yeah. can you send us 50 bucks or something? So we didn't you have gonna that starve, but... Yeah. But we we're like, we gotta, we gotta get through this on our own. We made yeah. this decision. Like, this is what we have to do. And
2: totally, I get that owning up to it, you know?
0: And yeah. we, we met a lot of friends. One of our friends, uh, Johnny Power, um, he was a bit older than us and he ran a car dealership and he was doing pretty well. And he'd come over, and like, look at you, sore of pieces of shit. <laughs> and he'd, he'd give we'd be starving, and he'd give us six cheeseburgers dressed like Max from McDonald's. Each, Aww. we'd get six burgers.
1: Oh, what a saint.
0: And a uh, <laughs> McFlurry. I'm and we kidding. had to eat them all. Was like the only th- rule is you have to eat it all. So, it was for
1: his entertainment. So
0: we'd each eat in one s- sitting six burgers and a McFlurry. Oh, we were starving, so we we'd pound them good back.
2: Nutritional meal. That's good. But, that,
0: but we were like, we're one hundred percent in. Like we could have went and got a job at Sobey's or yeah. whatever. But we we're like, we have to make our living. We have to survive off music. And uh, how
2: long did you do that?
0: Like. Three years,
2: three
0: years, and in, in that yeah. kind of state. <laughs> uh, well, we we did, like we were playing. We when we left uh, Cape Breton, we were playing like bar, like cover bars, yeah. but we'd play like ten originals songs in our set as well. So we had like whatever fifty or sixty songs we could play in a night, mm-hmm. and so we we got into kind of the pubish cover scene. Mm-hmm. Where we're I don't know if we were around during the pogue Fido days.
2: Yes, oh my god.
0: But uh, we met the owners there and we, we had to really convince them, give us a weekend, give us a weekend. And uh, they're like, sure, yeah. After after like a few months of like playing this, like four or five times a week at random bars and open mics everywhere and they're like, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go out in the limb and give you this shot. And the first night there, we set the uh the drink sales record. No, the place was just jammed. Like all our friends came out. Like most most bands that were playing that kind of scene were probably in their mid thirties or forties, and we're twenty one. So all our friends come out. The place is jammed. They Mm -hmm. sell a bunch of booze, and like we want you back anytime you want to come. So awesome. So and like when you play like three nights in a row at a place like that, like it does pay pretty good. Yeah. But you can't do that all the time. Right. So we were trying to find, we'd play like, yeah, this weekend we just made $6,000. Okay, now we owe this much in uh, our past few rents that we missed. (laughs) and we got to get the oil changer van and, you know, let's get a big load of groceries and eat like kings for a couple days. But uh, then you you live like you're Elvis and then you're all of a sudden like, oh, shit. You don't have any money or any gigs, so.
2: And you can do that when you're younger.
1: I mean, it's still tough, but it's harder. Oh yeah, get older, right? Like
0: dare do that now.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's harder coming from that reliable, steady biweekly paycheck too. Mm -hmm. So, I'm really curious, Kristen, to talk to you about that part of things, like from the emotional side, because there there aren't a lot of people, like Mm. you know, maybe at our age. I don't want to, you know, make that a thing, but. We had our friend Carlton Stone on the podcast last mm-hmm. week, and I t- was saying to him and Mike both, like, you guys have been at this for a lifetime. Right. It It's emotionally challenging. I'm only six months in, really, to right. this shift into full-time creative entrepreneurship. And while I was well aware, uh-huh. having, you know, I'm married to someone who's been at this for years, of the... I'll say unpredictable nature, especially of the financial piece. Like I knew this would be a thing, yeah. but it, it feels different. Um, yeah. Parts of it are exciting, but it's also there can be some anxiety there, too. Oh, it's really scary. So I wanted just to ask you about how you <laughs> like how that shift feels um, if you're getting more used to it being a couple of years in. Yeah, I mean, I,
2: I kind of went through an identity crisis, really, because yeah. I was the environment girl. Like, I that was my thing, and I was known in the community as that. And and so, like, then I became a mom, because I had, so I had that shift. There was a few years there I was really heavy into the baby scene, so I didn't have a whole lot of mind space for much else. But I did, I did question, like, who am I? What is my purpose? Like, what am I doing? Where am I going? What am I? Um. So I struggled for a long time for sure and I I um like I didn't leave my work kind of like you knowing that I wanted to pursue a creative endeavor right it was um it was for the kids at the time um but when they started to get older I, I started exploring like small business ideas because I knew I didn't want to do the 8 to 4 or the 9 to 5 and I I wanted to have more flexibility and I explored all these options and nothing seemed to fit um so and, and I am fortunate that, you know, uh, my husband, Like we, ha- we are in a stable financial situation, so I don't have those same stresses. But I think if I didn't have that stability, I'd be freaking out. <laughs> I'd be really, be like, yes. really <laughs> yeah. worried. And because for me, that stability is really important. Um, I have a weird relationship with money. I don't want to know anything about it, or do, I just... Just wanna know that I'm safe and that <laughs> like yeah. I, I, I do have some some financial issues there. I'm not a great financial planner. I'm so thankful for my husband. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'd be freaking out and I probably wouldn't be the best creative because I, I wouldn't be able to just flow with it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I that's probably a reason why I didn't do it when I was younger, right? I wasn't in the in the in the stable situation where I where I could. So um, it, it is a luxury. I feel very grateful. Um, and sometimes I'm almost like, I don't want to say shamed, but like not everybody gets to do it. Like I feel very, very lucky and fortunate that I get to do this right now and thankful for the support from my husband because it's hard. There are some times he's like, you spent a lot of time on this and how much did you get paid for the show or how much did mm-hmm. you do? like, you know, it's, 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 it's tough. A lot goes into it.
0: You're getting to know this world really closely now.
2: Yeah, I'd love to hear how you're doing. Six months in, I can't even remember where my mind would have been.
1: It's, I'm trying to shift my mind out of chunks of time, so before getting, like I say, a bi-weekly paycheck or your our mortgage payment comes out every two weeks. Like yeah. there's these very specific measurables. Yeah. Uh, and I'm speaking strictly with money here to to start this conversation at least, but I, I'm getting caught up in the, well, I made this much last month mm-hmm. and not this much mm. this month. And Mike has tried to, you know, guide point. me into like the month-to-month thing is, is no longer right. part of your That's financial hard. world. Yes, That's- but- You know, it's been more than a decade of that being the system that I have functioned under. And is that way for most people who have traditional jobs? Yeah. It's easily understood. This is how we arrange our lives. And things like banks, for example, like that. Oh, God. Yeah. They won't look at you unless you have. Right. So it's getting used to rolling with the punches Uh, It's getting used to trusting in myself and trusting in my fans, dare I say, dare I call them, uh, trust in the universe. And I appreciate the practice of that. I can feel myself learning, uh, but it's hard. And I very much have moments of doubt, of fear. Mm -hmm. I question myself. And like you, I am thankful that I have a partner that uh, you know, keeps me going, keeps me encouraged. Uh, he has the experience mm-hmm. to know that, sure, it's not always going to be easy, but it'll be okay eventually. Yeah. Like you will get these wins interwoven.
0: And we haven't emptied out our uh, toaster crumbs <laughs> yet, so yeah, we, we're not eating <laughs> we, toaster we can crumbs always go there. yet.
1: You <laughs> right, look like you're doing <laughs> all right, <Yeah>. <laughs> but we try to focus on the other. Opportunities that come into our life. Like even this morning. Yeah. You and I wouldn't be sitting here getting to spend time together if we were at our government jobs. No, I know. I felt very disconnected from the world when I worked
2: in government and I felt very disconnected from the community. And like when I stopped working, I don't know about you, but the whole new world opened up to me. Like, there's people all around, yeah, doing all cool the things. All the people, like, <laughs> and it's so interesting. I, I, I'd, I'd go to the farmers' markets and I, and I, I go shopping during the day. I'm like, where? Who are these people? Where, do they work? What do they do? Like, yes.
1: but there's a whole other world out there. It's so interesting. I've Had that exact same experience. Yeah. I'd like go into the grocery store, thinking I'd be the only yeah. one at two o'clock on yeah. Tuesday. now it's full. And like, you're like who are these people? <laughs> like well, yeah. like, you're one of them. So I
2: yeah, know yeah. it's so interesting. And I think now, like it's changed a lot. Like the the younger generation I see, like, they don't want to work 40 hours, 50 hours a week. Well, I shouldn't say all of them. Maybe there's still some, but I'm, I'm meeting a lot more folks in their in their 20s, even early 30s that are like, they're prioritizing, you know, themselves and, and they don't want their work to rule their life, you know, and it's a mind shift. And I think maybe we were on the edge of that, you know, it was a big deal for me to leave my yeah. My pension, my, like,
0: I don't know,
1: I was, were you told you were crazy? yeah, you know, Of course, yes. I told myself that even. Yeah. It took me a long time to give permission to make that change that yeah. I knew I needed. And I, I still wake up often, like not every day, almost every day and have this wave of relief Ugh. that I don't have to. Do yeah. a million things. I don't have to do my hair and makeup and wear uncomfortable clothes and drive an hour to work and mm-hmm. pay for parking and sit in this beige office for mm-hmm. nine hours. Like, I can almost still feel it crawling in my body. And I, again, I, I've i never wanted to... Um, you know, put a bad note out there from that chapter of my life. I'm very grateful to have had the opportunities, the network I have. I mm. met amazingly hardworking, smart people. Like, it's not to trash government or the no, corporate no. world or anything, but I, I was ignoring my own calling, and it wasn't working for. You. It wasn't serving. Yeah, me it just anymore. wasn't yeah. serving me anymore. And and we can have lots of identities in our life. Yeah, and it was yeah. just. Letting myself do that. And yeah, it comes with challenges, but so did everything else before like, that. Choose your heart, you know. My- yeah, yeah. <laughs> choose your heart. <laughs> My husband says that all the time.
2: It is it is a good one, though. Because, I mean, everything's hard. Everything's yeah. challenging. But what do you want to invest that time in? Exactly.
0: And when, when you find what it is that both you want to do and you feel like you're meant to do, like, you're willing to put in. Mm-hmm. 80 hours a week at it. You, you don't know? notice it, it. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you're, yeah. you're putting in that time. Like if I counted the hours that I work at what I'm doing, it's more or less all the time. <laughs> like other than we're eating supper and watching a show on You're Netflix, still probably
2: we're thinking still brainstorming about, yeah, like yeah,
0: your next creative project. Pretty, pretty much like, I don't know, 12, 14 hours a day where Yes. Thinking of something that can be the next thing we're gonna do, or how I'm gonna do work. So on.
2: inspiring! You're always doing really cool, creative things. It's oh, so but, but
0: this mindset isn't necessarily the best way <laughs> yeah. to do it either. I'm not
1: advocating for the 14-hour <laughs> yeah. workday, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. but it comes naturally too. Yeah. Um, but do you allow yourself intentional downtime or like non-working time? Um i I need to find
2: a bit a bit of a better balance and I feel it deeply right now like i'm this project you know the album it's i've been working on it for the better part of a year um and i'm ready i'm I'm ready for the next chapter we'll say um it's been great working on it but I fall especially like i really need i recognize now that I really need some downtime so I'm looking forward to writing more and just that is kind of my time, but right now I haven't been very good at balancing. Um, because I have a young family, a lot of time is dedicated to that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys were so grateful to meet me early this morning. Like, you know, I got the lunches packed, kids out to school, came uh, here, and then, you know, I want to get back because I got some things to do, and then before I have to pick up the kids again. And, you know, my, my time is, is, like, really squeezed, and I do a lot of work at night, and I see... 1 and 2 a.m. far too often and I'm up at five thirty or 6. Yeah like it's not healthy it's not sustainable and I crashed really hard last year at this time yeah. like in the fall actually Nova Scotia Music Week last year. Okay.
1: Um, Was that the icing on the cake? <laughs> I
2: yeah I kind of had a little burnout and like an anxiety attack I never like I'd never experienced that I had an anxiety attack two hours before my showcase. Just, like, brutal. <laughs> like, what's going on? So last winter I really had to take care of myself and I feel like I'm not where I was last year, but I feel it again that I need to just take some time this winter and, and uh, recharge.
0: What are the things you do to recharge?
2: Um, I like solo time. I need a lot of processing time. I guess with the family and busy, like, it's just tough to get yeah. that. So that's why I try and steal it at night, you know, But yeah. I pay for it. So I rest, getting outside, um, you know, not having many deadlines and, and just kind of going with the flow creatively and having that time to process is, is really, really fills me up. And just connecting with friends again, like, you know, I've been busy I, I joke that I never get to see friends or never get to go see other people's shows because I can only make my own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to get out a bit more. Um, so we'll see what the winter holds, but
0: yeah,
1: I imagine yeah. we're not parents, but we often most of our friends have children and know that that shift, of course, is a big one. but how yeah. how did becoming a mother shift your creative identity, would you say? Well, again, when I had my kids, I
2: wasn't in the creative space. Mm-hmm. I wasn't performing or writing or playing or anything. Um, but I did well, early on, like you know, it's easy to, to sing with kids, and so like I, I'd always, I'd always sing or or do something with them. But what I find, I think, the most special thing, about what I'm doing is, I'm showing the kids that it's okay to pursue your passions and work hard and they see the ups and downs of what I'm doing and I often talk to them about how like I'm really excited for the show but I'm really really scared (laughs) too because of this other so they get to see like how I'm managing those pressures and those feelings and they get to see uh, my successes and celebrate with me and and so I think it's cool that they get to to have um, a role model like that you know um, so that they know whatever they decide to do like they we'd support them and that there's going to be ups and downs whatever you do but to pursue your passion and to f- trying to find that joy and share it with others like that's pretty powerful and like the one thing that I love to do the reason why I love to share music and, and songs is just the connection with people like people really resonate with it I have so many people that come up to me after a show and say wow that really, you know really spoke to me and I don't know. It's just a whole other level of connection, right?
0: And it's that's very powerful. Those comments and messages and everything that you get is that's more meaningful than uh, a paycheck a bit, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You, you need them absolutely. both. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes just hearing that you made someone's day better, that you brightened their life in some way, like that, that means a lot. And
2: Or inspired someone to do something. I mean, exactly. we're all so connected. We have no idea what kind of ripple effects we have, right, when we put it out to the world.
0: And realizing you have that ability and maybe even responsibility, Mm -hmm. like to me, like I've 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 had messages like a certain song called "Guts" for days had helped (laughs) someone leave an abusive relationship. Oh wow! Um, Someone with cancer. Was using that song as a way to just have strength. Wow! And like, man, like
2: powerful. Whatever.
0: Stuff. <laughs> like, I didn't write it for those intentions, but when when that is the outcome, and I know that song has the ability to do that, it feels like it has become a responsibility. Right. Like it's something. Okay, if I'm capable of doing this, I I have to do it.
2: Is that a heavy responsibility or like No,
0: it's also I like doing. You like it. like to- if I didn't like doing it, like oh, I hate writing songs, but <laughs> I feel responsible. like oh, I I love to write songs and put them out and do all the things I'm doing, so it doesn't I don't feel like my job is to create create songs or words whatever that people need to have their spirits lifted by like that is an outcome that may happen from it Mm -hmm. and if it does it's great if it doesn't it's great too but knowing that i have the capability to do it i guess is where Mm. where all lies and what's kind of makes me want to keep doing it
1: how is that for you, Kristen, when you're writing a song? Like, is there a an end goal or do you say to yourself, I hope that this resonates maybe with this community or is it more just about your own sense of self and feeling? Yeah, I mean, I write first and foremost for me.
2: Um, and it's usually because I'm trying to make sense of something that's nagging at me. It seems to be where my inspiration always yeah. comes from or something. Um and I just, yeah, I guess I don't always think of the end result. I mean, like for this record, I, I kind of went through a catalog and found songs. Like I didn't write for the record. I haven't yeah. done that yet. Like in both times, it's like I didn't know I was writing a record. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of picked the, the songs that fit together. Um, so I don't know what that would be like to sit down and write very purposefully I don't know. I think that might take a a little bit away of the magic for me. I'm not sure. I mean, I did do some co-writing with Gabrielle Papillon. Gabrielle produced uh, the record every season. And so we did do a bit of co-writing. So she writes intuitively as well. So it was a really interesting process. We kind of let it flow and kind of let the music speak and not so much thinking about who we're speaking to yet. Mm. Kind of let the song do the work first.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't think of like the end result or who's going to hear it in the end I just know that someone will yeah like I'm always writing for myself or basing it on a story that I have or something I've experienced but just knowing it's that there is an audience and that there is people that will may potentially find something in it it's it's not like okay I have to write this song to appease his audience. Mm-hmm. I think it's more just knowing that at the end of the day this will reach people and might have the potential to affect them positively or negatively. Yeah,
2: so interesting. <laughs> you never know what people are going to gravitate to. Yeah, you know? it's Have you had any surprises in your like a song that you didn't think people would and it kind of goes
0: I think every <laughs> every song uh you never never have any expectations of what a song can do. And that one I wrote for, for Kristen, the guts for days, because she was going through something hard Mm. and that's like, okay, I'm taking this experience of mine and my wife's and creating a song out of it for something that she can listen to, that I can listen to and maybe find strength in. But, Again, it's the, I write songs in the moment and it's for that moment. Mm -hmm. And, but sometimes that moment can translate into someone else's life and what they're going through.
2: Do you ever find that, um, like, yes, I find it's so neat to look back at songs and it's like this moment in time, like this little time capsule. Yeah. But I find, do you ever find that your songs change meaning for you over time?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cause I do some song, a lot of songs, a line in the song will just come out of nowhere, and I don't know what the line might mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just playing guitar, and I sing something. Like, yeah. And then I base often base a song around what I think that might mean, yeah. and then relate to what's happening in my life at that moment, or an experience that I've gone through, and sometimes that's... Will change over time. And depends, like, if it's a really literal song, and most of mine aren't, but when I do have ones that are literal, like, that doesn't really change because Mm -hmm. if I'm saying a specific thing about whatever, my dad traveling back and forth between Fort McMurray and Cape Breton, like, that can't really have an alternate meaning. (laughs) Like, that's it, means what it means. But when it's a little more metaphorical, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it can change as I change and react to things in a different way.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. What kinds of activities or hobbies do you include in your life that might feel different than a creative project? Yeah, I do a lot of gardening. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, get a lot of joy out of that. Although this year surprisingly it felt harder than most years but i stuck to it digging in the dirt just is therapeutic in its own way yeah um i i love to do some hiking i don't do enough of it we love to do camping um and biking and spending time at the beach you know all that kind of stuff
1: this was a good beach summer
2: yeah it was nice it was a nice summer. Very dry in the garden, though. Yeah, very dry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I lost. Some dry joy on the beach
0: too, though. which is <laughs> nice. yeah, yeah, we we've... took
1: off a lot. We packed up the car fairly often this summer. We we gave ourselves permission to say we're just going to embrace yeah. this year. Because when did you when did you leave your job? April. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it was the first summer wow. to be able you got to, to do that. Enjoy the and summer. I went balls out. Good for you. Uh, Taking that, I in. remember Isn't that uh, an amazing feeling. It was amazing. Still, yeah. It's still
0: you left work on a Friday, and that was your last day. And we had a show on the Sunday at the Carlton, and we played that. And normally, we would have rushed home
1: or not gone at all. Yeah,
0: you would have not came or what we would have, I would have had to pack up really fast and you would have been standing there like we got to we got to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and there was no rush. We got to hang out with our, our mm-hmm. friends, chat, just converse, and then afterwards when it was normally bedtime, another friend just had released a film and was having an after party and we went to that after party. And as we were walking in, I'm like, see, these are the things that you'll get to do. Like, it's not anything completely out of the ordinary, but if you had to work tomorrow morning, we would 100% not make the choice to come to this after party, which is at like, whatever, 1030. It wasn't super late or anything. But yeah, we went in and we had a. Very brief chat with uh, Steph Jolene there, and then she eventually. Oh, you end- went
2: to that? That's that was awesome. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I saw the movie, but I didn't. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then she ended up becoming on the coming on the podcast, and mm. now a, a, a great friend. Awesome. So, like,
1: yeah, I think that's such a great story to talk about other benefits yeah. that it's both freeing up space, but it's really just about being ourselves. Mm -hmm. And being the full version of ourselves. And like you're saying, engaging with a community that you didn't even really know was out there. Yeah. And getting... Getting in such a a stuck routine, or that's how it felt for me, there would be, if you're coming home exhausted at the end of the day, you're not socializing. No, there's no room for creating. There's just no room for anything else. Yeah. And then your weekends are, well, and especially with children, your sports or whatever, you know, they're into and, and trying to find these moments to immerse yourself in creativity. And what I found hard about that, too, was you just Hope that this two hour window I have in the that week. You're feeling creative. That yeah. You're feeling it. Yeah, you might not.
2: Yeah. And then the guilt or the shame or that, and then all that stuff piles up. Ugh. Do, I didn't you do you do it? Find, again. Well, and
1: like now you're saying most of your creative time kind of has to be in the evening, but mm-hmm. is that working for you? Like, do you feel like your mind is still lit up in those hours to, to do that kind of creative work?
2: E- yeah, I find a most creative at night for sure um when there's no timeline when there's no like deadline i don't like to be rushed yeah so you're not
1: watching the clock for pickup time yeah
2: i i don't like that and and during the day i do more of my you know business stuff um which there's a lot more of in the music industry than (laughs) i thought my god i'm i'm on the computer a lot more than i thought 80
0: percent Paperwork, Jeez. filling out things, writing emails—crazy. Are, are you applying for grants, grants and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I've been fortunate, you know, to get grants, but holy, God, it's, uh, you work for it. You work for it, which you know you should too. Um, it, it's not a free pass, but it's a it's a lot. And um, you know, I did I did all the radio push and publicity for this record too. I decided to to take that on and and do a lot of the um, digital online design work stuff like it's just yeah maybe a bit too much. So, but there's a lot. There's a lot more behind the scenes than people realize. And so right now in the evenings, I I kind of tapped out a little bit. But it'll come. I'm trusting. I'm what are you trust- watching on Netflix? I don't. I don't. <laughs> there's
1: no time for it. No, <laughs> I know.
2: that's not your chill zone. Uh, I'd like to watch more, more Netflix. Um, we have dabbled a little bit. And what was the um, Game of Thrones, the um,
0: um, House of the Dragon, the new one
2: the new one yeah is that yeah, it's house called? the dragon
0: yeah
1: yeah i've been watching a bit of that mm-hmm. let's well, see i don't even know the name so that i'm yeah, not even that not invested, that invested. <laughs> we've been watching moonshine lately because yeah. it's so they i don't know if you're familiar with the show but it's filmed yeah. at the shore club just oh. in, in hubbard oh wow so the very first scene of, i think they're on season three now but season one they're just driving along st margaret's bay road oh, which awesome. is so close to where we live that there's kind of this excitement of yeah. it being so so handy and familiar but it's a yeah it's a great fun show so we kind of like once we've finished our uh work for the day like to tune out and just have something light Let's check that one out yeah
0: Let yeah it's just... nice seeing something locally and it just really has a a Nova Scotia summer vibe to it oh nice so, yeah it's pretty cool
1: do you find the local scene supportive do you feel like you belong to the the Nova Scotia music family
2: yeah um I do, like when I decided to dive in, I somehow convinced myself I belonged to be, and I was worthy of being in the music scene. And uh, I think other people were convinced too. I don't know, yeah. I maybe mean, I fooled them. Um, <laughs>
0: it's a pretty open and accepting it's, scene. I yeah, think.
2: so cool. And you know, I've had an opportunity to collaborate with a lot of folks, and I felt very welcomed for sure. Yeah,
0: you're you're very professional in your approach too, and like. <laughs> Even like today, you you're like nine. It's nine thirty. Good, and like, yeah. And I, I looked at my watch when you pulled up. It was exactly nine thirty. Like. <laughs> I tell
2: you, I was early. I just drove around the neighborhood a little yeah.
1: bit. <laughs> So mean.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do that too. Oh,
1: my God, I like can't be too. I'm early. almost embarrassed by because <laughs> we have in. friends that are perpetually late, and I'm <laughs> like, I'm the perpetually early person who does laps around the neighborhood. But so I would funny. rather be. This is the government in us. I think oh, must be. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not always that way. When out with kids, I can be late because there's so much unpredictability there. You yeah, know? fair <laughs> they're, enough. They're getting better. They're getting older, but in the early days, oof, I couldn't commit to a time. <laughs>
0: So, what are you hoping happens with the new album?
2: Uh, I'm hoping that people listen to it, and resonate with it, you know, connect with it. I, I want to. Um, I'm planning to head to Ontario this spring, which is the first time kind of got out of Great. the Atlantic region. Yeah. Um, hoping to do more, you know, just collaborating on stages. Just hoping to get it out there. Um, and you know, I, I'm, I'd love to get it placed in in a film or or you know the there's a very theatrical cinematic vibe to these songs if you've yeah. had a chance to to hear it and I've heard they they might lend themselves well to film i that would be amazing, but you know very who exciting. knows it's like needle in a haystack kind of thing who and, knows
0: and what uh do you see or what do you want to have come out of your your new music career, like where, where do you where see am this I going? going? Yeah. Oh God, I don't know.
2: I don't know. I've already, I'm this winter, I'm working with a French artist. I have a French background because I'm originally from Northern New Brunswick and I've been feeling the pull to, to write more songs in French. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to be working with a co-writer. Um, so hopefully I'm going to have some more French songs in my pocket cool. and maybe that'll be my next project. I don't know yet. We'll yeah. see. Um, but yeah, I'm just at this point needing to spend some time to see what what's my next project. What do I want to focus on next? Because I I don't feel like this is this is it. I do. I have lots more songs I'm sitting on. Lots more songs yeah. that haven't been written yet. And yeah, we'll see.
0: Let the ideas marinate. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we like to ask our guests what their idea of making it looks like. Oh yes. Hmm.
2: Well, I think, yeah, it's different for everyone and depending on what part of your time of your life you're in, um, making it as an artist, uh, (laughs) you know, it's a tough question. I'm thinking both like I've got the financial brain and then I've got the creative side, like creatively just being able to, to share it and have people connect with it and just having it available like that in itself is like making it as a creative, like I couldn't have dreamed that my songs like I've got people listening from all over the world like that's pretty powerful you yeah. know it's so cool so I feel in that sense you know I've made it if I'm were to be on my deathbed tomorrow you know that when I talked about earlier that that regret that isn't there anymore mm-hmm. you know I at least can feel satisfied that that some of my work will live on and I don't know why that's so important to me but but it is so. So I guess in a way, I've made it. <laughs>
0: Make, you made your little mark <laughs> in the made world, it. you know.
2: And for some reason, that's important to me. Um, if I'm looking at like making it financially, well, I'd, I'd really like it to be more sustainable. You know, um, I'm not quite there yet, but I, it's a slow burn, right? It's it's every year, every every show I do, every conference I attend, every person I meet. It's just, it's just it, you just got to stick with it. I think like any business it doesn't all happen at once yeah like any any career anything you do it takes time takes work and so you know i'm looking at the the long game in that sense well
1: we're glad that uh, you're in it for the long (laughs) haul because yeah and it's exciting to hear from artists that i know there's more inside me still to come that's a good feeling yeah yeah um where can folks find your new album where might they be able to see you live coming up yeah so com 2l
2: there i'm on all the socials of course under kristen Martell Music. i'm on all the streaming platforms so quick google should get you there um my next show on november 20th i'm in avondale for sofa sundays so that'd be nice. I always like getting up to the valley. Sounds cozy. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually been up there yet, so that'll be nice. Beautiful.
0: Well, so great to chat and yeah. all the best ahead. And uh, we will cross paths again soon, hopefully.
2: All right. Thanks for Thank you so much here. for having yeah. me. Yeah. Thanks so Cheers, folks.
0: <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. We're uh, always grateful to have you listen to the words we say and the, the people we have come on our show. Just really appreciate it. So thank you from the bottoms of our murky hearts.
1: There you go. We're really grateful for everyone's time and attention here. And we've got some things on the go coming up this month and next. And uh, we hope that we'll get to meet some of you in person. That's the fun of being back at live events again.
0: Yeah, and as always, shoot us a message if you have anything to say, any questions, any ideas, any guests you think should be on the show, or if you think you should be a guest. And, uh, yeah, spread the word. Tell your mother, tell your friends, tell anyone you think might uh, appreciate what we're doing here.
1: Yeah, and tell those folks about our upcoming shows. I've got an open house here at our studio you can poke your head in hot jupiter sounds if you pop by that's uh on sunday that's november 20th from 12 to 6
0: where all this magic takes place you can see
1: lawrence the lion yeah
0: (laughs) sunday november 20th 12 to 6 yeah maybe i'll play a couple tunes i don't know yet yeah
1: Uh, that'd
0: be fun we'll
1: see and uh and you've got a show coming up that you're selling tickets for too
0: yeah December 2nd at the Marquee Club in Halifax
1: yeah dancing
0: well thanks so much everyone and let's uh, see you next week woo woo